Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. We like to build you so you can build others. We like to help you as you're building a career, building a team, whatever you're working on or towards, we want to be part of that journey. We do that through our corporate training, our coaching, and our speaking events, but we also do that with special guests to the podcast. we got a special guest today. His name is Ryan Foland. He is a high-energy speaker, author, and brand consultant who teaches entrepreneurs and executives how to grow their influence. His 313 method uncovers core branding messages to guide bespoke branding strategies. In his book, Ditch the Act, which we'll have some conversation about, uh, he shares the art of being perfectly imperfect. I'm good at that, being imperfect. <laughs> Ryan is a four-time TEDx speaker and has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, and Entrepreneur, and more. And now he has ditched the act bumper sticker on his forehead. So welcome to the show today, Ryan. Hey, it's good to be here. I was uh, I was sharing with you, this is not my first hour of talking with someone today. I've been a, a very chatty ginger and I'm excited to chit chat with you. That is great. Yes. And, and you are a ginger. That's a great thing to be as well. So. <laughs> you know, it's in, uh, you look at most of my social profiles and you will see the fact that I am a ginger front and center. Awesome. Well, that's great, man. It, it makes you lively, I'm sure, to be be one of those gingers. But listen, I want to ask you one thing we ask all of our guests here. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Ryan Foland? I think leadership at its core is relatability, because I think that if you're a leader that somebody can relate to, if you're a leader that's leading by example, if you're somebody who's willing to do the work that you would have someone else do, I think that's the sweet spot. You know, I work at University of California, Irvine, as well as having my own professional speaking career. And one of the main reasons I'm there is because of the relationship that I have with the leaders on campus. Uh, I see that we have a true relationship. It's a, it's something where I can share with them my honest feelings about what's going right and wrong. And I feel like they're there for me as a person. So I think the key ticket to being a good later leader is to be relatable. Maybe I'll call it relatable. How about hey, that? You just coined a new phrase right here just, on the podcast. Just made that up. Look, hashtag relatable. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to lead people, be relatable. And you know, at the end of the day, I think that when it comes to business, we all want to do business with people, not businesses. And that's why it's so important that businesses um, give opportunities for people to know, like, and trust them. And the same thing is when you're working with somebody, you don't want to work for a corporation. You want to work with people. You want to be part of a team. You want to get along. And uh, I saw I saw this funny comment or comic the other day where it was an interview situation. Stick figure one is interviewing stick figure number two. And the interviewer says, so uh, I want to make this clear. You're here to make money, right? And the person goes, yes. Then the next frame, it says, well, is that all? that you're interested in and there's a pause and then the next person or the next frame the person who's being interviewed says well why are you hiring me 
And then the person who's the interviewer said, well, because we need to make money. And then the last one was like both of them looking at each other. So I think when all pretenses are aside, when you can work with somebody that you feel like it's it's more than just money, that it's more of a relationship, I think that's what makes for good leadership. I love that point. And, and today I saw a LinkedIn post of the, one of those things where they ask you, would you do what you're doing if you weren't paid to do it? And I love the idea of that, but I like the fact that you say in addition to, because you know, I really enjoy what I do. But I have to admit, if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I would not be here. I'd be with my family. I'd be doing things I love and enjoy. They're, the payment is part of the deal. And, and so it's, it's good to know that that be, like you say, be transparent enough to know that that's why we're here. I yeah. mean, yes, if I didn't love what I was doing, I probably wouldn't do it. But I yeah, am getting and, paid to do it. And I'll, and I'll add to that because one of the things that uh, I've always, I'm going to choose carefully here, what I've always sought to do is to keep certain things that I enjoy doing without a monetary component. And that could be uh, some of these things that you had just mentioned. I mean, when I went into college at the University of California, Santa Barbara, go Gauchos, I went in undeclared. And I think uh, the four years taught me a lot. And I ended up with two degrees, one in business economics and one in theater. I didn't even know what theater was before I went to college. Fun backstory, but we don't need to spend the time for it here. But art and, and, and expression and communication and what happens on the stage and, and from writing words that become dialogue, that become subtext, that makes impact. For me, it was so, so awesome. And I was just like, this is awesome. I love this. I want to get paid for it. And I tried to break into Hollywood. But all I did was break the bank. I My internships turned to broke turnships. I didn't have the, you know, the nepotistic ties. And I literally like fell out. It was like, like I, I imagine myself running into Hollywood and just boing, being bounced back. And it was a huge blessing because I still have been involved in the arts. I still am involved with a theater troupe. I'm still involved with award-winning documentaries that we've produced over 10 years. And for me, it's just such a pure form where I enjoy it, but I've kind of taken the choice. I'm like, I don't necessarily, I'm not getting paid for it. So Again, I think there is that difference. But when it comes to business, man, I, I love making money. It creates the freedom for you to do more things. But leadership is not all about leading and business is all not all about money. There's relationships that make life worth it. Yeah, and definitely business delivering something that, that has a cause, has a purpose, and someone's willing to pay you for it. That, that's what it's really about. So that I love that. And here's one you know, more thing, as, as we're kind of wrapping here. So I'm a sailor. I love to be on the water. If I'm not speaking, I try to sail. That's where I'm going tomorrow. But one of the things I was interviewing somebody who is in the, the, she's a fundraiser and she works really heavily in the marine industry. And we were talking about building relationships and relationships is where things start. Then they build into partnerships and then you advance into sponsorships. And then eventually you create relationships. And so I can't help but see the connection to where, you know, leadership starts as a relationship. And then there is a partnership. And then there's a monetary component, which becomes a sponsorship. And at the end of the day, if you do it right, the person who you lead will also be somebody who you consider that you have a friendship. So there you go. Those are a lot of ships for a sailor. It is. It is. Leadership is about keeping your ship shape. And 
yeah, anyways. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bleed this one to death. We don't want to bore people. Let's go. What else are we building here? You know, I have to I have to throw one more in there because I'm working on a book called The Mentorship. Get on board. Ah, and, and oh my so gosh. I, the mentorship is a great one in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and mentoring is something that's just helped me immensely in life. Both at being mentored and mentoring others has been just uh fuel in my gas tank. So uh now where, that's where another ship. Where in the shipbuilding process is mentorship? If we have relationship, then partnership, sponsorship, friendship, where would you put it in that, in that uh, boat yard? It'd have to be in the middle somewhere. You know, I think you're going to be a mentor before you're a friend and partner and those type of things. So I'd put it in the middle of, the, of those, those, the way you put it out, that's where I'd put it in the middle. And a good leader is a good mentor. So I, I like this. No, the no the ship has just been built to another boat in its armada, the leadership armada. Maybe that'll be one of my next books. <laughs> Another book idea right here. Well, that's a great segue about the connection piece, how you connected with others. You, you talk about connecting with customers as humans. And that's what we all are, man. We're, we're all in this, this world, this, this ship together. Humans and, and how do you connect with your customers as humans? Give us some examples of that. You humanize your brand. I mean, you see all, not all, you see a lot of corporations that are constantly trying to humanize their brand. I believe that your leadership team and putting them out in front of your company and having them participate on social and out there at events and shaking hands and kissing babies, socially distant or at the right time, if everyone's vaccinated, by the way. But the idea is that people don't want to do business with businesses. There's just something about that that just doesn't feel right. And that's why people are drawn to leaders within companies. They're drawn to the sales representatives that they build a relationship with where they feel comfortable in order to trust the company. So it all comes down to the age old adage, people have to get to know you to potentially like you. And I'll stop right there because not everyone has to like you. That's something that's important. And then if they like you, if, if they like you, then they might trust you over time. And over time, if you earn their trust, then that'll create loyalty. And there are some people that are very loyal to brands. And I think part of that is that those brands have not forgotten the human element and they don't look at, you know, their customers as widgets or cogs. And those that do, they're easily run into issues and solutions. So, you know, I, I can think of a few specific situations where you look at influencer marketing. Why is that working? It's because as a, as a company, your social reach kind of plateaus. I don't want to follow companies. That's not as interesting. And so companies hire people to put themselves in front of the companies in order to then bridge that gap. Also look at something like Tesla versus Elon Musk, right? Regardless of, of who he is or, or what he's all about, he's out there in front. It's hard to distinguish the two between them. And, and I would feel that everybody who buys a Tesla kind of feels like they're at least got a little baby relationship started with Mr. Musk. <laughs> they're definitely buying in to, to what he's giving. So they're definitely signed up for that. I love that humanize your brand. Something else you said that I want to talk about here. Not everybody's going to like you. And I've come to the realization I can't be everything to everybody, but I can be something to somebody. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? 
reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. And that's Absolutely. important and that, that, you know, you know, when we give this content and we do the things we do, you're, you, you do social media, you have books, you do some of the similar things that I do. It's not for everyone, but it's for someone. Yes. Oftentimes when I work with entrepreneurs and I work with a lot of them and, and the capacity, or I'd say the problem that I am most suited to solve for them is helping them define their core message, the core, core message at the core. And one of the things that I find, they have a very hard time answering the question, who is your target market? Now, I in my 313, I, I have my podcast, a 313 Challenge, and I, I work uh, individually with people offline as well. And it's the starting point, like a tuning fork for your messaging. And I'll ask a series of questions. It's like a formulaic that uh, process that you go through. And I put parameters on it. So I ask people, can you tell me your target market in one sentence without using the E word or the A word? And then I hold my buzzer real close and I listen to them and nine out of 10 times before they're done talking, bam, they've got a whammy. And then we talk about it. So what do you think the A word and the E word is? Because they always ask me and I say, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to listen for it. I, I you want me say, to, maybe, maybe I can ask. I want to say E is audience. maybe E is everyone. Is 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 that it or everything? E is, e is everyone. Yep. What is A? There's a couple options. You know, I'm I'm, I'm at a loss on that one. Anyone or all? Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling. I will I will listen to them just say, it's for anyone who burnt. It's for everyone who burnt. And the reality is, if you are for everyone, you are for no one. Because nobody wants, like, there's nothing special about that. The best thing you can do in describing your target market is say, you know what? I'm actually not for everyone. That's going to make people lean in like, Ooh, I wonder if I wonder if I could join in here. So when it comes to this idea of who you can help, uh, who has the problem that you can solve, it's at the end of the day, it's a very small amount. Um, I actually have this, this equation called the max client equation. And, you know, anybody can can go through this exercise. So I'll ask somebody, how many, how many people, let's say there are 10 perfect people, like your ideal customer, they're lined up outside of your door, they get to come into your office once at a time, okay, socially distant, everybody's safe, no alcohol involved, no drugs, okay, and this is just you, as much time as you want to talk with them about your solution. This is your private pitch. Granted, these are people who are your target audience already. Out of those 10 people, how many of those people do you think you would close or, or convert? Just take it, I mean, a gander. You've got 10 Let's ideal say people. Four out of 10. Okay, four out of 10. So, how many people do you think you could max out at as far as like how many clients can you take on at any one given point before your back breaks? 
a hundred. So I, you're fixed to do some multiplication here. I'm, all, I'm with you. Keep going. So if you had a hundred, uh, if you needed a hundred and your closing ratio is, let's say, let's make the math easy on us. Let's say it's five, right? Then you would have to get in front of only 200 of your ideal customers to close hypothetically what would make you as maxed out as possible. And if you think about that for a moment, it completely changes a perspective because before this conversation, you're telling me that it's all people who have this problem, which are in the millions. The marketing budget alone to get in front of those people in an ad space is just gnarly. A stone's throw away from where anybody is. There's thousands and thousands of people, unless you're in the boonies and stuff. That's fine. But the concept is you are not for everyone and you can't even serve all those people. So if you can only fit 100 in your box, figure out how many you can close on a percentage ratio and then focus on as targeted as possible by the most expensive leads that are the, the most particular for the people that you want. And then you can actually start converting and it's a less stressful situation because you're not just trying to sprinkle your message like little like little sand pebbles on everybody's doorstep. You show up and you're like, I'm here. <laughs> I, I love that. And I have a, a thought that where you get in a room and you tell someone to hit the target and they, they look around the room and there's no target. And it's like, well, you don't have a target. And so that's why <laughs> you can't hit the target. Great, great concept. Yeah. So I, I do believe that I'm probably a bit too high energy for some people and that's totally cool. But some people thrive off of that energy and, and they're into it. So take this to a social media platform. People ask me all the time, how do you get so many followers or how do you build your following? It's not about your following. It's about the community that you build. And so you can go buy an app that hacks and, and sort of accelerates uh, a false number visually. And some people will probably judge you by that. But there's also the reality that, have you heard of the thousand, is it the thousand clients? Have you heard of this concept? I haven't yet. A thousand fans. So check this out. Google a thousand fans. The idea is if you get a thousand people to be your fan enough to where they actually want to purchase what you have on a monthly basis, like at low, as low as like 99 bucks a month or something, you will net a million bucks. So it's like, we're chasing after these numbers, all of this quantity, but I have to keep reminding myself it's about the quality. And sometimes we get distracted by the bells and the buzzers and it, it's always good to bring it back down to you're not for everybody. And as a professional speaker, this is something that helps me deal with rejection. Eh, I'm just not, I'm just, I'm not the right fit for that company. Eh, I'm not the right fit for that conference. That's okay. It, it, it makes the the failure more of a directional path to the target. That's great, Ryan. It reminds me, I've told a lot of people in our business about it being about margins, not about market. I like you, that. You, you can buy market all day long, man. You can buy the low price, but, but margins are when you've got a quality relationship with people, they recognize the service you provide, the value you provide it for, and that's what it's about. And that's where you got to get. So that, that's great. I love that. And the final hey. moment, final moment on that scarcity drives demand. Okay. Mm. I, I only take on a certain amount of clients. Okay. Less than I can count on two hands and I charge for it. And so I would rather work with less than 10 personal clients than way more where I couldn't really get to know them and, and work with them and build that relationship. So it's all good stuff to keep in mind. 
hey, so your multiplication closing rate can be very, he's talking about 10. Well, it's actually, what's funny is that uh, when you have such limitations that you put on sort of who's able to even work with you at the other extreme, I don't do any outbound marketing. I don't do any ad spend. Uh, all I do is create content, which I, which I call brand crumbs and I give speeches. And if people decide that they want to check me out and they'll, they'll knock on my door. And so it's an interesting inbound approach as opposed to like blasting out. Um, it's more of an opt-in. It's a, it's a ginger opt-in. The ginger opt-in by Ryan. <laughs> All right. So I, this, this is a great place to hit this spot in your application. And hey, for the listeners, if you ever want to be a guest on the show, fill out our application at our website. It's buildcs.net guest application for the podcast. And that's how Ryan got here. So here we are. And actually, this is a good point because people sometimes think like, oh, it's so hard to get on a podcast or how do you do that? Like sometimes it's as simple as applying. I've done four TEDx talks and people are like, how the hell do you have four TEDx talks? My first answer is it started with the first one. And you want to guess how many applications I applied before I got my first one? Want to take a guess? I'm going to say one with the direction we're going here. 13. Okay. 13 applications over two years. But Ryan, that's an unlucky number, man. It was lucky for me. <laughs> there you go. The, the point is that, that, you know, if you want to be on the TED stage, if you want to be on a podcast, it's a matter of like, like we all can apply 13 different times over two years or something. There's nothing stopping us. But what stops us is that after the third time, you might give up or the fourth time you might think that you, you're not good enough. And the fifth time you might like have self doubts about the sixth time. So there's, there's a bit of, there's a bit of value in just sheer persistency. Yes, it is. Well, this leads right into our last point here I want to discuss with you. It says you don't have to be an expert with a highlight reel, R-E-E-L, to win the deal. Instead, it's more important to share your highlight reel, R-E-A-L. And I think everything you've been saying here leads to that being real. You don't need 10,000 followers. and You need quality people and you need to be real. So, so tell us a little bit about that. We'll finish out with that. Sure. So let me pop you a question. If you had to make a, an educated decision at this point, based on all that you know, do you think people hire you for your expertise or your experience? Well, first of all, you have to be educated to answer this question. And Brian's not educated, but the, the, the I think it is the expertise. Okay. I disagree. All right. And the reason for that is that the only way you gain your expertise is through experience. I'm not going to hire you to pay you to make mistakes that you could have made somewhere else. Your experience is what has taught you how to lead correctly and has taught you how to follow up and has taught you to create value for your customers. And I think it's a really empowering thing to think about because we always chase after or people think, oh, I need to be an expert. I need to have that TEDx talk. I need to have the book. I need to have these things. No, you just have to have a lot of experience and you have to have learned a lot. But here's the disconnect. People are afraid to share their experience. They're focused on finding and sharing and grasping onto the shiny things that will make them feel or seem like an expert. 
featured in this, uh, on this stage. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you are trying to build your expertise and you don't feel like you have it, it's just that you haven't correctly shared your experience in a way that lets people see, damn, you may be young, but you got some, you got some serious experience. Wow. That happened. Wow. And how do you do that? You have to be a bit vulnerable and you have to share kind of what really happened. I mean, personally, I've, I've filed for bankruptcy at the lowest of my low only to get it returned to me because I was 32 cents short on postage. That was a story that I kept hidden from the world until I realized the power of it. You know how many people have been in financial challenging situations? Oh my gosh, all of us at a certain point. It gives you a place to connect. Learning your past is one of the best ways that somebody can get to know you. And if they get to know you, it's up to them whether or not they like you. And if they like you, they might trust you. And if they trust if, if if you build that trust over time, they might become loyal. So literally my book is an open book. You go to my website, ryan.online, and you check out my about page and you're going to be, whether it's pleasantly surprised or actually like, whoa, he really gave me a backdrop of where he's been and what has happened, what's gone wrong, but what he's learned. And holy crap, this guy has some experience. That's why I see him as an expert. I love that. Now that you talk about that experience being the stepping stone to expertise, and I get it now. I, li I like to tell people you can't train experience. You have to experience experience. And so it's the same thing, you know, that's where, you, where you, that's get, you get a bell for that. Well, listen, you know, I didn't make it halfway through your, <laughs> your application and the highlights. So we'll have to have you back on another time, but tell the listeners where they can find you how they can find you on social media and all those things. And I'm going to put your website up for those watching on YouTube. Yeah. So it's super confusing. So I need you to make sure you get the spelling right. My name is Ryan, R-Y-A-N. And if you want to find me online, you go to your browser and you type in ryan.online. That's it. You can remember my name. I'm Ryan. I'm that ginger. Ryan.online. You know what? I might have to get ginger.online too now. I like that idea. <laughs> And listeners, I told Ryan when he told me how simple this was, I said, what I call that is Brian proof because I like things simple. You know what, though, Brian, uh, I secretly have a grudge against you and all the other Brian's because throughout my life, I will introduce myself and say, hey, I'm Ryan. And they go, nice to meet you, Brian. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm Ryan with a with a with an R. And they go, oh, Brian. No, Ryan. <laughs> so there you go. Well, you know, people misspell my name, I guess just by typing, they, they do the A before the I and they type brain and I have to tell them I don't have one of those. So that doesn't fit me. Hey, so, you know, a little bit of self-deprecation is a good way to ditch the act. It's a good way to make you human. It's a good way to show that you're comfortable in your own skin. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen of you online, you are human. And so I think that it makes sense that you are helping other humans, not everybody, but those people who resonate with you get to know you, like you, trust you, and obviously become loyal. That is great, Ryan. And I'm definitely 100% human as we all are. I like to make that point for everyone. The listeners, some of the times they, they just get down because they're human. It's like everyone else is too. We all have the same struggles, same mindset problems, just, and we have to overcome them. And this is how we do it, by listening to people that are 
excited about life, have a great mindset and, and like to build others. Hey, listen, listeners, if you will do me a favor, go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Give us an honest rating and review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We'd love to hear that as well. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, maybe some comments there as well. We appreciate you listening to the Build Your Success podcast today. Remember to build yourself and build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.